Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come and we thank you. We thank you for your church. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your love. But God, I think this morning we are mostly thankful for the gift that we have of prayer how it can shape us how it can mold us how it can help us to see what you are up to in our own lives and the lives of those around us so God, as we finish this series on the journey of prayer, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So this morning we conclude our series on the journey of prayer. And I had a church member come up to me, and she was just like, you know, I am just so thankful that you used this title for this series about a journey of prayer, because prayer is a journey. You know, no, matter, no matter where you are, no matter how long you have, have followed Jesus Christ, you know, whether you're a, a, a little one learning the words to the Lord's Prayer, or whether you are a, a seasoned church member and, and you're, you're just falling down on your knees to, to lift up your prayers to God. Prayer is a journey. The, the way that you pray as a child is different than how you pray when you're a teenager. And the way that you pray as a teenager is a different when you're a young adult. And, and it goes on and on and on again. That, that the prayers that you pray as you move through the life, they change. But yet they stay the same. They change because of, of what is happening in and, and around you. But they stay the same because of the focus of those prayers. The focus of the prayers are, are not us, but the focus of our prayers are all about him, all about his love, all about his grace. So I, I know that we've had a couple of little interruptions here or there during this series. So the series hasn't moved all the way through uh, connectively, but we, we talked about that there are three movements of prayer. There, there is that inward movement of prayer. There is that, that upward movement of prayer. And today we're going to be talking about the outward movement of prayer. But to, just to give you kind of a picture to remind you of what these things are, the, the inward motive of prayer is, is all about transformation. How, how can I 
be changed through the prayers that, that I lift up. And one good example that we have of that is of King David. King David gave us the Psalms, which is the, 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 the Jewish uh, prayer book, if you will. And in that, he has so many different psalms, but one of the psalms that really sticks out in my mind is a psalm number 51, verse 10, where David prays these words to God. He says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, David wanted to have that transformation in his life. If you may be familiar with what was going on uh, during this certain psalm or when David wrote these words, he just got caught by Nathan for having an affair with Bathsheba. Not only having an affair with Bathsheba, but he, he wanted to try to hide it. So he, he brought in Bathsheba's husband Uriah and said, you go home and, and, and you be husband and wife together. And everything will be fine. No one will be the wiser. But Uriah knew that he couldn't do that because he had given his pledge to be with his king throughout this battle. And so what did David do? He, he sent Uriah back out to war and said, put him like at the very front of the lines and then give the signal. And whenever you give that signal, everybody else step back except for Uriah so he can get killed. And Nathan found out about that, and, and he came and he confronted King David. And after a little righteous indignation that the king had, he realized that he was being talked about, that it was him that, that made this horrible decision. And he knew that he needed to be transformed. He knew that his heart needed to be cleaned. And for God to put a, a right and steadfast heart within him. Inward prayer is so important because it helps us to remember that, that we are to continue to change. When we try to live our lives the way that we feel like we are to live them, we miss the mark. We miss the mark because we then place ourselves there as God and everybody else down here below us. So while, while Psalm 51 gives us a picture of inward prayer, upward prayer helps us to remind us that, that we are not here on this earth all by ourselves. Upward prayer is all about intimacy with God. And a good example of that is when we go to James chapter 4, verse 8, where James writes, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God continues to woo each and every one of us to be in relationship with him. But, but the good news about God is that he is not going to force his way on any of us. But he will continue to call. And when we take that opportunity to draw nearer to God and to have this intimate life with a God who loves us and cares for us, that then we will feel God more in our lives. We will start to see things. 
we will start to hear things, and we will start to act in a way that allows us to be more Christ-like, because that's what the whole goal, isn't it? The, the whole goal of, of what we do isn't just to make ourselves feel better. It isn't so that we get things that we don't have, but it's just to allow us to continue to form our lives in the way of Jesus Christ. So that moves us to outward prayer. And outward prayer allows us to see that it is a ministry that comes out of the transformation that we have inside and the intimacy that we receive from the God who loves us and cares for us. And then we then go out and we share that with others. That's what outward prayer is all about. Richard Foster, in his book Prayer, he wrote it this way, that, that when we are led through the furnace of God's purity, not just, out for out, not just our own sake, but we are also done that for the sake of others. Let me say that again. I think I have a typo there. Most likely I do. He wrote, we are led through the furnace of God's purity, not just for our own sake, but for also for the sake of others. See, being, being made pure through our inward prayer, being intimate with God through our upward prayer allows us to share what God is doing in our lives with others around us. So that brings us to some of the dangers that we have in our own lives and, and some of the fruits of outward prayer. Our scripture gives us a picture of this prayer life from Galatians chapter 6, 7 through 10. It gives us a warning of when we fail to be mindful of, of what we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ, but it also gives us that, that good news of what we receive when we listen to God through our modes of prayer. Paul writes to the Galatians, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. However, whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Those are harsh words from Paul. Those are harsh words from Paul, but I think those words are important for us to hear because of the world that we now live in. We live in a very me-oriented society. What's in it for me? How can I get what I need for, for my existence? I saw this, this 
wormhole of a Facebook video of, of a husband who was trying to find a way to get $150,000 and, and he, he sold, quote unquote, his wife off to somebody else so that he would get that money. I'm like, what in the world is this all about? I can't believe I'm actually watching this. But that's such an extreme example from things that we just normally do in our own lives, isn't it? That, that we go, well, maybe I'll just move forward in a way that will promote me instead of helping my neighbor. But when we do that, as Paul says, it, it, it tears at our flesh and, and it reaps things that destroy us. And when we try to ultimately please ourselves, we end up losing ourselves. But, as Paul reminds us, when we, split, when we sow to please the Spirit, the Spirit will reap eternal life. And the best way for us to do that is to continue to do good continue to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ and continue to be a light of Christ in the darkness around us. So the best way to act on moving outward or moving into this, this outward prayer is that the very first thing that we must do is that we must stop and listen. Listening can be the hardest act that we do. Listening can, can be hard because it means that we actually have to, to stop what's going on right here and sometimes what's going on up in here. Because I know sometimes whenever I'm in a conversation with someone, and you may have caught me in this, I, I, I want to quickly respond to what you are saying because I want to make myself look smart. I want to make myself look like I have the answer for you. But when I realize that sometimes you just need to just shut your mouth and shut off your brain and just listen, you may pick up something different than what you realize may be happening. We not only need to stop and listen to those around us, but we need to stop and listen to God. I, I've tried to start a new practice in my life in listening to God. A, a, and that new practice is that when, when somebody comes to mind or, or, or when, when I think about a, a person in my life, I immediately reach out to them. And, and when I started to do this, I, I've noticed a pattern. And that pattern is that, that the people that, that I'm starting to have pop into my mind are people that I haven't seen in a while. They're people that I have been disconnected from. There are people that... I have loved deeply in my life, but because I have not reached out to them, they've, 
have kind of drifted off. I posted a uh, post about our Wednesday noon prayer time. And after I posted that, I had a, a person reach out to me on my Facebook page, and he made a comment about how he is a devout atheist. And he said, while I honor you for doing this, that's just not for me. And I responded back, you know, I love you. And wanted to let you know that while I'm spending time in prayer, you come up and I pray for you. I hope that's okay. And he, and he gave me a smiley face on, on Facebook for that. But, you know, these little moments of awkward listening and discernment helps us to see who exactly do we need to reach out to. Who do we need to allow the love and grace of Jesus Christ to push us in a way to allow us to reach out to someone who may need that encouragement of Christ in their lives. When we listen to God, it says, you know, I want to open my heart to what you are calling me to do right now. I'm going to open my heart so that you can guide me and lead me. And when we do that, it gives us an opportunity to live our life in compassion. If we look at many of the healing stories in, in the New Testament and through Jesus, they all start with how Jesus had compassion on someone and then he healed them. When we look at the news, when we see someone on the streets, we are, moved with, are we moved with compassion or do we start to hide or to avoid just to protect ourselves? There's an older contemporary worship song called Hosanna. And in the middle of that song, it, it, it actually kind of wrecks me inside when I hear these words or when we sing these words. The words go, heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things that are unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. And you kind of hear this, this transformation prayer and this intimacy prayer with God right there through that. Th then it comes to this next line. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause as I walk from earth into eternity. Having compassion is a way that we continue to move outward to transform the world. We move outward in a way to say, God, I know that there are things that you see that breaks your heart. Let it break my heart so that I can then move into suffering. Yeah, that's kind of difficult, isn't it? To hear being wanted to move into suffering. It's hard to grasp the idea of what redempted suffering is all about. Because as I said before, our whole culture mitigates against that. 
and we try to find ways to distract us from any form of discomfort or inconvenience. However, when we do that, when we allow ourselves to be, to walk in the way of suffering for others, it gives us the opportunity to shoulder the burdens of those that we love and care about. But here's the good news. When we join in the suffering with our brothers and sisters, we don't hold on to that burden ourselves. We, we, don't, we don't take that burden on ourselves and say that it is now something that I will hold on to forever and ever. When we take on that suffering of a brother and a sister, it is a small task to, to hold on to that agony so that they hopefully can release it themselves. And then when they release that agony and they, they let go of it for themselves, then together we lift that up to God. And we allow that, that healing to, to finally come in their lives. To allow that healing to give peace, patience, and God's grace in their lives. See, I think sometimes we have an idea that outward prayer is about us. But it's not about us at all. It is about that, that, that line that we pray in the Lord's Prayer over and over again, allowing God's will to come down on earth as it is in heaven. And then finally, I think, moving outward, allowing that transformation to, to happen in us and in the world reminds us the importance of Christian community. It reminds us how important it is for us to be together. You know, I'm just going to say it this morning. I, I was pretty distracted at the beginning of worship or even before worship this morning because we had uh, some issues with our live streaming. Uh, there is, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's got itself fixed or whatever, but trying to figure out how, how do we get that out so people can worship online. And the fact of the matter is, while we have gone through this pandemic and, and while we have been cautious and concerned about gathering together because of COVID-19, this is not how it's supposed to be. It has allowed us to be comfortable. It has allowed us just to stay where we are and not engage with our fellow sisters and brothers in Christ. Hebrews 10, verse 25 says it this way. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord is coming and it is getting closer. 
Now, this is not a plea for everybody just to start pouring in and coming back here. It, it is a reminder that we cannot do community by ourselves. If we are to participate in moving outward and transforming this city, transforming this community, transforming this world, we have to do it together. And one of the best ways that we do that together is when we come into the house of the Lord and we worship with one another. When we, when we say, you know what, it may be easier for me just to flip on YouTube or flip on Facebook and, and watch worship this morning than to go to church or, or to go and be with community. You are missing out. Now, I know there are people with health concerns and everything. I know the people that are traveling, all of those type of things that are going on, and we do the live stream for that. But my brothers and sisters, if we are going to transform one another, if we are to transform our community and our world, we have to be together so that we can lift up each other's burdens, so that we can help support one another, so that we can together be the body of Christ in a way that lets Christ shine here in Royce City. That let Christ shine here in the state of Texas. That lets Christ shine throughout our country and throughout our world. And then we will see God move in a powerful and miraculous way. And we join together in praise of him who has transformed my life, who has brought me closer to him through an intimacy that I cherish, but allows me to reach out with all of you to be in ministry for the world. Let us pray. Oh God, this journey of prayer allows us the opportunity to see your heart. This journey of prayer allows us the opportunity to see one another. This journey of prayer allows us to be changed so that we may take on the likeness of Christ and share that likeness with others. Lord, I pray that we continue to be a praying church. I continue that you allow us to continue to to be there for those who are hurting, who are lost, who need your love and grace in their lives. Help us to band together as your people to share your love with others. And so God, we lift this prayer up to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.